Hi everyone and welcome to Splatsploitation Book Club, my brand new podcast where I take a positive look at the nasty and extreme, but on the podcast version I do it with a guest. Uh, this week I have Otis Bateman with me for the very first episode, which is pretty awesome. Um, before I give Otis a chance to properly introduce himself, I'm just going to quickly go through what this channel is about. Uh, so my name's Stephen Cooper, I'm the host of the channel. I've released such books as Abbey vs. Splatsploitation Brothers, Hillbilly Farm, Near Death, Bloodsoaked Wrestling, The Rot, and my latest is Not For Children, uh, which is about a bunch of evil little kids and why you shouldn't have them. Uh, the idea behind this channel is basically I'll invite a guest on each week from the extreme horror community. So it can be an author, a reader, a cover designer, an editor, a small publication, the stalker of one of the authors, like anyone who's basically a fan of extreme horror. And they come on and we'll talk about a book together that we enjoy. Uh, the only little guidelines are it can't be your own book if you're an author and it's got to be a book you enjoy. It can't be something that you hate because I can't be bothered with that. Um, so, yeah, with that said, uh, welcome to the show, Otis. Hey, thank you for having me, Stephen. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's going to be good, man. It's nice actually seeing you in person as well. I exchanged a few messages here and there, but yeah, it's, it's always good to hear the defense. voice. Well, yeah. I, I, obviously, everyone's heard your voice, but so. <laughs> uh, not quite everyone, but I'm getting there. Yeah, you're you're blowing up, so that's a good thing. Yeah, he's hoping, yeah. It's good. It's good to see a good person as yourself. So, thank you. Um. So yeah, before we uh get to talking about the book that we're going to cover this week, uh, before we give you a little chance just to talk about yourself, pimp out your work a little bit. There we go. Um. So yeah, if I hand it over to you for the moment, and uh, you can let everyone know what you've written, where they can pick it up, and anything else really you want to share with everyone. Awesome. Thank you. Hey everyone, I'm Otis Bateman, um, splatter man extraordinaire. Um, I um, have written the MAGA Girl series, which is probably what I'm best known for. Um, also, I've put out uh, Cerberus, which is my newest. Um, I'm simply not there, as well as the 10 day challenge with uh, Judith and Brian, uh, Medusa's son, all of which are available on Amazon.com. Um, MAGA Girl 1 and 2 is available on Godless as well. So um, if I were to have someone start out with my work, I'd probably obviously pick MAGA Girl 1 since it's small, concise, mm -hmm. so you can get it done in no time. And that kind of shows you what the next two books will entail, but in my opinion, slightly tamer than 2 and 3, 3 being the most probably intense um but yeah i also would definitely pick cerberus because i think it's something different that i did with the story i think it a uh, it defies a lot of expectations of what they thought walking into it and i think i uh it's probably some people told me my best work probably yet which that's nice to hear so i would pick that and of course i think medusa's son is a strong fun one as well but they're all my babies so i like them all so go read by all of them <laughs> yeah i said this was amazing absolutely loved that one it's so hard Thank to talk you. about though right like i know it's 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 a book that you can't really discuss because of the way i made the the timing of the events in the story but i did yeah. that on purpose because i think people 
expected me to use the middle part at the end. Hmm. You know what I mean? And like everything that happens for the end is the part of the story that I was more interested in writing. Yeah. You know, the survivor's guilt, like all the things Sienna went through, all the things that were heaped upon her. Um, that part was interesting to me. But writing the gore was always fun, and I always loved to do that. But I wanted to experiment a little bit differently and see if I could uh, pull at the old uh, heartstrings a little bit of people, see if I could there's, do that. There's something to be said, though, isn't there, about that sudden violence? Like, when you just have one bit of violence, but it's fucking crazy violence. Like, like yeah. one of my favorite films is Drive. And mm -hmm. the bit that really captured me is the bit in the lift because you're like, what the yeah. fuck just happened? And right. it completely changes the whole story all of a sudden. And, and that's what I wanted with uh, Cerberus. I wanted like this violence to be, you know, super powerful, super brutal, but then kind of it goes away, you know, yeah. you get this other kind of, the story becomes brutal in an entirely different way, you know, yeah, like heartbreaking, heart-wrenching, like, just terrible, like downcast, bleak. That's what I wanted <laughs> to try it. That. So I think you Cerber all of that. <laughs> I appreciate it. I know you're a good fan of it. Uh Judith Sonnet was a pretty big fan of it. Uh, she thinks it's my best uh work to date. So I definitely think people should check that out. And most of all my stuff is available on Kindle Unlimited as well. So there's a good way to read it for free for you. So and tr and see if I'm up your alley or not. Which oh, sometimes I'm not. People are going to enjoy your work. You made me a Thank fan you. very quickly. I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> um, so yeah, before we um, get to talking about the book today that we're going to both cover, uh, I thought as part of this um, channel as well, what I'd like to do is kind of invite guests onto the show and give them a chance to read a sixty-second or under short of their design. Uh, the idea being that we can kind of compile all these at the end of the year into a book that we can then do something with, maybe for charity or put out for free or do something with it. And yeah, also maybe the videos, I can kind of do a super cut of all the different um, stories and put that together on the channel as well. Um, so yeah, I asked Otis to do one and he's got one prepared. And as it's the first episode, I've got one as well. Um, so yeah, who wants to start? Do you want to go first well, or do you want me to go I, I feel that this is all your baby, so maybe you oh, should yeah. start. Maybe I should give it a go. Let me find I, I'll, I'll be a gentleman and let you go first. Have a <laughs> oh, yeah. My story's not very gentlemanly-like. That's all right. I don't think mine is either, so. <laughs> okay, so this is my 60-second or under story. It's called Worth a Shot. I don't know why he was holding a gun to my head. Something about someone hiring him. I'm not sure who. I didn't catch the name. It could be anyone, really, as I have quite a few enemies. I knew my time was up no matter who it was, so I decided on one last desperate throw at the dice. While he was happily monologuing about my impending brutal death, I whipped out my cock and started smashing my meat. I thought jerking it might cause a distraction, maybe create an opportunity out of the situation. But I guess the thought of my own demise was some kind of massive turn-on because I came almost immediately, just <laughs> blasted my dong juice all over the hitman's expensive custom trousers. In return, he blew my fucking face off with his hand cannon. It was worth a shot. <laughs> there you go. 
<laughs> that was funny. Awesome. Good job. Your turn, man. All right. All right. Well, I don't know if I can top that, but let's let's give it the old uh, college try. How about that? Mine is called Best Night Ever by that handsome bastard, Otis Bateman. I took a stroll the other night, way later than probably I should have. It was around 3 a.m. It was blustery and miserable out, but I continued walking anyway. I got to a desolate stretch of railroad tracks and came across a woman tied to said tracks, like in those old-timey westerns back in the day. And my grandpa used to watch those and bore me to tears with them. So I quickly untied her from her restraints and took her to my place. One thing led to another, and we both ended up in my bed. That night was incredible. Probably the best sex I ever had in my life. Now, this is going to sound like a line, but we had sex four times, count them, four. I fell asleep not long afterwards. The next night, I sauntered into my favorite dive bar and met up with my good friend, James. I ended up spilling the beans with him about my wild sex phase last night, and I could see his face turn green with envy. After I finished my story, I could see James wanted to ask me something. She must have been a gorgeous woman for you to fuck her so many times, James exclaimed excitedly. I took a furtive glance around the bar, corresponding with a gleam in my eye. I wouldn't know. I never found her head. The end. <laughs> Awesome, dude. <laughs> yeah, I even knew what was coming, and I still laugh. It's a good one. Yeah. And yeah, and it's a good lead on to the subject of this first episode was, as well. I was going to so, say, right? Necrophilia yeah. all over the place tonight. Exactly. No um, so, dead yeah. body is going to be safe. <laughs> That's the extreme horror way from my understanding <laughs> of all the books I've read so far. Exactly. Um, so yeah, the first book we're going to cover in this series, so in Splatsploitation Book Club, is Chandler Morrison's Dead Inside, uh, a book that is pretty infamous. I'd heard loads about it. Um, I hadn't quite got around to reading it. It was like right at the top of my list when Otis suggested um, using this as the opening episode. Um, so yeah, so I gave it a quick read and yeah, it was uh, everything everyone said about it is all true, I think. Uh, whether yep. they liked it or didn't like it, you know, it's all there. <laughs> exactly. It's probably my uh, second favorite book of all time. <laughs> Only uh, American Psycho beats it. So oh, right. okay. American Psycho is my number one. And I almost picked that, but it was like so long. It would be, I mm. think that would have been kind of daunting for us, but maybe, maybe another day. Yeah, I think one of my rules needs to be like no fucking door stops. <laughs> like, yeah. If someone suggests like a 700 page book, I'm going to like schedule them in for six months' time or something. Exactly. And that's kind of <laughs> why I like strayed from it because that was the original plot. And I was like, mm, that's such a long book, you know? I It'd think be... I've read it but a long, long time ago, like 20 years yeah. ago or something. Like... Yeah. And it's just so much to go over in, in my mind on that book. So it'd be yeah. like, like a freaking dissertation at college or something. <laughs> <Get> <laughs> They'll be like, oh my God, it. Otis, shut up. I did wear my dead inside shirt. Let me uh, mm. bust it out. Yeah, tilt the camera down oh. a bit there. Yeah, boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. And I see the Aaron Berengard hat as well. Yeah, I had to represent 
the, yeah. the big boy himself. I need big to get timer. some merch at some point. I haven't got anyone's merch yet. I was looking at the Godless t-shirts the other day. I was like, everything's black. Like, I don't really wear black tops. Like, I know. Well, you, you got to, man. That's part of, yeah, the, that's part of the style. If you're an extreme, uh, extreme rider, you got to wear all black. Oh, I think that's why I stick metal. out though. I've got I've yeah. got the yellow up there, right? Like sticks out. Hey, a but that's all right. It looks like black. a giallo. It looks like a giallo or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like that. So I think it was more based along the old exploitation stuff. Always seemed to have like yellow boxes or yellow fonts. Yeah, that garish yellow that kind of like mm. stands out. Yep. Yeah, I always like that. <laughs> no, I like it too. It stands out, so that's good. Sweet. So where do you want to start then with Dead Inside? Well, actually, why don't you start with saying, and yeah, why you picked this book, like what this book means to you before we delve into it? I picked this book because um, it really hit home with me. Um, I had heard about it because uh, I had been a reader way longer than, you know, writing. And I had been a huge fan of Deadite Press. And, um, you know, they, I was on their where uh, Jeff Burke himself would send like PDFs of the upcoming books because I was reviewing so many Deadite Press books back in the day. Um, and he kind of tipped me off about, you know, this book coming up that was going to be pretty special, you know. And um, so, so I he was knew by, it straight away, did he? He knew right away when he read uh, the manuscript of Chandler's that it was going to, it was going to ruffle some feathers. Mm. So, you know, I'm, Bated breath, waiting. Yes, bring this out. And then there was a whole debacle. Like at a, I can't quite remember what kind of author con there was, but um, Chandler reenacted like the more nefarious scenes from um, Dead Inside, which I'm assuming would be uh, the middle chapter with Helen and him and him having sex with the the infant corpse. And um, <laughs> he immediately got canceled, uh, kicked kicked from Deadite. Jeff Burke got fired from Deadeye over it. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, that even made it more like, wow, I really got to read this book. What the hell? <laughs> it seems insane because if you know anything about Deadeye Press, they put up some heavy hitters in terms of extreme. Yeah. Edward Lee, Raph James White, uh, Brian Smith, you know, tons of people that put out like hardcore stuff. So I was like, wow. So you kind of get this idea in your head when you build something up. Like when this comes out, there's no way it's going to be as good. <laughs> yeah. And then imagine my surprise when uh, Death's Head Press finally puts it out. And it's everything I wanted and more. I mean, yeah. the gore is fantastic, but the snark, the snark and just the satire throughout is what gets me going. Because it's like he is a master of satire and like self parody. There's just so much funny stuff underneath the layers, you yeah. know. And we'll get to some of that, like some of those quippy lines from the narrator. Yeah, I've got you know, some notes about that as well. I, I, I took yeah, some I notes, some that. lines that I thought, yeah. like one one really encapsulates how uh, funny I think he really is, even though like most people that go into this thinking this is going to be a serious book, mm. they get triggered and they see <laughs> the uh, the narrator as an edge lord or like that, you know, a common a common uh, complaint about Dead Inside is. Oh, it feels like it was written by a 15-year-old edgelord, you know, or something like yeah. that. And I think they're missing the point. I think That's that too was much. the point. That, yeah, that complaint comes up too often. Yeah. Right? Like, that yeah. Dead Inside kind of tries to take the out of extreme horror, you know, in general. Yeah. 
as you know, may or may not know, Chandler has kind of a disdain for it. He's not, you know, he's not a fan of it. He kind of thinks it's all silly. He considers himself more of a, a, a satire writer, you know, so yeah. he doesn't like the, he, he would probably frown seeing that this was the number one pick for, you know, the extreme. <laughs> But uh, he's the one who got nominated I picked it, anyway. Splatter, I picked it anyway. Uh, Chandler, uh, I'm sorry in advance, but yeah, I, still think, I still think. I still Go ahead, sorry. As I say, he got nominated for a Splatterpunk award this year, didn't he? For Friday, I know, and, and, so and it was hard to get away from it. <laughs> he was like, I don't know why this got it, you know. And then Brian Keane was like, Dude, just just take just take the win, <laughs> just go with it. So, and that was for Thigh Gap, which is an amazing story mm. as well. So that's a very good book. Um, but yeah, um, I read it. I fell in love with it. It's it's kind of like a spiritual successor to Patrick Bateman. I feel like you can feel the the nods to Brett Easton Ellis's work. Huge fan of his as well, obviously. Um, and just very witty, very smart, um, very. It's just like everything I would want in a book, you know. Yeah, I think the gore, to the be, gore is um... tremendous. Um, the I think him putting uh, the girl that uh, I've got her name in later and we'll get back to it, but the girl that was into rape, I just think that was a brilliant, brilliant thing to put in there because it's so triggering. I just think that's, and if, and if, if you don't get the parody, I mean, obviously it comes off as horrific, but (laughs) I mean, anyone, any normal person reading that book should be able to see that where he's going with this. So, but yeah, and we'll, we'll touch, touch base on that one a little bit further, but yeah. Just love the book. Uh, always going to love the book. Never going to burn the book up. <laughs> I have a signed copy from Chandler mm-hmm. from back in the day. And it's like one of my most uh, prized possessions because he's not one that signs a lot of books. He doesn't do a lot of merch. He doesn't He doesn't uh, represent himself as a writer normally would, like in our genre of extreme, you know, extreme or indie authors. Yeah. Um, Twitter is just him uh, being like a prima donna Mm -hmm. LA person. I mean, you would not even know he's a writer half the time, which is funny. So I like that about him as well because, and he doesn't rush. He just puts out stuff when he wants to. Um, It's always great. I haven't read one bad thing from him. So Along the Path of Torment is like one of the best books I've ever read in my life. Exactly. So great. Just the fact that he can make you want those two characters to be together when it's such mm. a wrong combination. That's, <laughs> that's writing. Like I yeah. was rooting for them to be a couple and I'm like, she's a kid. I'm like, what is wrong with her? <laughs> but he does that every time. Like I read, um, I read Fire Gap the other day. I, was like, I hate every single person in this book. I do not like a single person, even Slayers. This book's fucking amazing. <laughs> exactly. Was like, just, How do you do that? He's just so good about these characters that are unlovable and unlikable, but making you like them regardless. And I just yeah. think that's that's not a normal trait you find in in writers. You know, anyone can make a repellent character that you loathe or whatever, but the at the end of the day, do you care? I mean, yeah. do you care about that person? I I don't think so. So I just think he's a I think he's a talent. I don't know how long he'll stick to putting all the insane gore. <laughs> and it's a stuff because Human Shaped Pains is another great book of his. And it's so got the Splatter Western, isn't it? Yes, but it's so yeah. crazy because it, it fluctuates from Splatter Western to a meta story about Chandler Morrison going through it like 
a, a mind <laughs> crisis of trying to come up with this book and he's got to do his brand of what the fans expect. And in the, in the book, he's got like this uh, poster of dead inside and the skeleton, you know, the skeleton guy, yeah. uh, he's talking to him saying that he's only ever going to be the dead inside guy. And that's, all <laughs> that's all he's ever going to be known as. And you got to stay on brand. Or you're going to lose people. So it's all this funny stuff. And that comes full, full tilt at the end of that story in terms of like what the fans want from a Chandler Morrison and right. what he does and stuff. And it's just, and the gore in the Western part is brutal. There's a scene like with a prostitute where this guy just beats her and rapes her. And like, it's really horrific. And it turns a lot of, turned a lot of people off, especially in reviews, but you know, <laughs> he's, he's writing books about like horrible people doing horrible things. So, yeah. but that, that's a great book. And that's a, that's an underrated book. I don't think yeah. it gets near enough love. Um, yeah, I haven't read that one yet. I'm working my way through the Splatter Western, so I will get to it at some point. You got a long ways to go. There's a yeah, lot of them. So many of them. They're I know, also they good keep cranking well. them out. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, so, yeah. yeah. Where should we start with this then? Um, we where do you want to start with it? Uh, I had a few. I love one of the very beginning quotes. Uh, I had a few quotes that I thought were fun, but I think, I guess we just dive into what we think was the, when the story began to take off into the more, uh, I wonder if we both got uh, the same opinion. Or it started grabbing your attention more and more, so. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll tell you where it grabbed my attention, where I was like, okay, this book's not what I was expecting. Okay. The bit, I found this bit shocking, this is the most shocking part of the book to me, was... When Helen asked him about what he does and he had this kind of like inner monologue in his head about how he got into fucking dead girls <laughs> and it wasn't remotely what I expected. He basically raped a girl. Exactly. Night of the party. <laughs> and then just kind of was like, yeah, I quite enjoyed this. I need to, you know, kind of do it a bit more. And it was said in such a matter of fact way. The fact that he didn't tell Helen it he just thought yes. about it. That's so the he best knew part. he knew it was like a line to be crossed, even though she had was all right with him fucking dead girls. Right. He was still like, I can't really admit that I raped a girl. Like right. that was when the book really grabbed me. And I agree. And that's a I love that story because it it's not how you thought it was gonna go. And like, you know, after he <laughs> after he raped her, um he left. But Later, she uh, got pregnant, possibly by <laughs> by him. <laughs> Definitely by him. Got rid of the baby and then killed herself. And then he eventually broke into the uh, funeral parlor to have another yeah. go at her. I thought that was really funny. <laughs> because he was like, when he was raping her, he was like, it was great, but something was off. Yeah. And then later, when he had sex with a corpse, he found out, ah. Because yeah, like it just, girl. it was so set up for her to have been OD'd, right? Right. And that's what uh, I thought it would have been. She like overdosed from a drug or something. Yeah. I, that's the bit I, I found shocking was she wasn't dead. <laughs> like, I, I know. Like, Fuck, like, this is way more messed up than what I was. I just thought he was into necrophilia, but like, right. he triggered his own kind of thing. Like, he's made it happen by like doing right. this to the scale when she was alive. It wasn't just some something he had in him straight away. Right. 
yeah, he knew he had he had something wrong with him, but he didn't know. So I thought that was an interesting way to like kind of guide him towards his inevitable like fetish, I guess you would say. <laughs> it's a good word for it. It's yeah, so that was it. that was very good. Um let's see. I think I really liked and this is kind of over the place. I guess we'll just bounce a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I like the yeah. Helen's Helen's ferret story about Samson, where hmm. um, Samson ate her baby's brother's face <laughs> off, and I think, <laughs> and the father came in and like grabbed Samson and threw him against the wall and splattered his brains, and like Helen was crying about that. The dad was crying about the baby, and literally while they were both crying over those things, the mother drowned in her own vomit and died. I thought that was just, just, just the that shit story. That's and when you I know that, you're reading some fucked up right. comedy that's disguised as an extreme Right, <laughs> exactly. And I guess that's kind of how uh, Helen got her penchant for maybe wanting to try and eat some babies mm. because <laughs> not long after she said at 13, she had found a, a baby in like the woods which is just, if you think about <laughs> Which is it, weird, yeah. A random baby, but sure. Yeah. She started eating the baby's face and it tasted better than veal and like, you know, <laughs> all that gross, disgusting, wonderful stuff that he writes in it. But uh, yeah. It's Do just you like, think she's reliable in that part? Because that is weird, right? She found a baby in the woods. Oh, yeah. Like, that's Do you totally think she's unreliable. telling the truth? Or do you think she's a bit unreliable there? I think... I almost you could almost argue the fact that everyone's kind of unreliable in this, but I don't know. I would I would ass- <laughs> I mean she's got no reason to lie because he's right. accepted. She's got it, no reason to but lie. But uh fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, and that's just one of those little uh little quirks in the story I think that kind of should bring the levity down. Like if you're reading this, you'd be like, Well, well that doesn't make sense. Why is yeah. why is a dead baby in the and just randomly in yeah. the woods? But but yeah, if you don't think about it. You can be appalled by it. But when you start, <laughs> you start thinking about what Chandler was planning, it's like, okay, this is all just good fun. This so is all just winding. We're just going to ride yeah. the ride and enjoy the sights. So, yeah, we'll, we'll say she probably did find a baby, but we don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> it's a random place <laughs> to find one. But, yeah, that always struck me. I like I like that little story she told about, like, her brother and the ferret. But, yeah, it's not it. the origin story you're expecting, right? Again, like yeah. I thought, like I was overthinking it. I'm like, oh, maybe she was a twin and ate the other baby in the womb, and right, she ate, she ate her around. twin in the womb or something, yeah, right? I, I thought it was going right. there, and, like, and it's like symbolic or something. But... Trying to work out where anything in this book was actually going to go is impossible because no. none of it went because it it totally zigs and zags. Where do you think it's going to go? Yeah. Way? It, like it like does something totally different. So that's another part that's enjoyable about it. I never, even though people say the ending was sort of telegraphed, it still didn't take away because, you know, kind of near the end, you kind of realize where this might be going, like with the husband. Nothing with that that at the end. I should have put a spoiler warning at the start of this conversation. I'll have one in the video. Um, (laughs) My thing with that is the last line is so fucking perfect that I don't care if it's telegraphed or not. Like, it is... (laughs) That one was of the, the best kiss. laugh line, like yeah, one of the I, best laugh lines I've I, ever read. I hope you like sloppy seconds. Yeah. <laughs> just... Clap. Yeah, yeah, it's... that's one of the best endings ever. I just, and uh, 
strange side note, I think unless this is a joke that he might be writing a sequel to this. Oh really? Have you heard of that anywhere? No, I haven't heard that at all, no. I don't I even I know how you would start that. You didn't read it today, right? It's like April first when we're recording this. So. Uh I listened to the podcast or the podcast. I listened to the aud- audible last night all the way through. And I was thinking he could actually, because his goal was to have a funeral home, if you remember. That's why he was going mm. to college. Yeah. So I think it could go down the road where he has yeah. yeah. But I don't know. I don't know if it could have been him just joking on his Twitter. But I swear, as much as like a a psycho I am for him, that I saw that. No, it could have <laughs> been in a dream that I was wishing happened. Yeah. I think I think I really read that. So that might be something off the horizon, but I don't know. He's so um, secretive. You never exactly. know what he's even got up yeah. his sleeve. Yeah, another thing. Um... Yeah, another thing that I found kind of fascinating about this book, ignoring the very, very end, is, and again, I think he's done this a few times, is the story's kind of in reverse, right? Like he's he's a better person at the end of the book than he is at the beginning of the book. Very true. Which considering the subject matter is very bizarre, but mm-hmm. he kind of, I don't know if matures is the right word, but he's definitely, you know, kind of showing a bit of heart towards the yeah. end of the book, which I is agree. Just, again, isn't something that I was expecting. Like, cause right. normally you'd start off that guy and you would get worse. Right. Like, but he starts off kind of, evil for lack of a better term and kind of lightens up as the story goes yeah i kind of think that i thought about that too because at one point he saves a girl in the park from bleeding Hmm. to death which is not like him because he wanted to have sex with her and he (laughs) that but my thinking is maybe and this might be over over analyzing is that the fact that him and helen were so bad together and him pushing her away the way he did it actually was like cleansing him in a way. I don't know if I'm mm. overthinking this, but like him willing, because the genesis of this story was in real life, Chandler was going through a horrible breakup. You know, he, um, and he wrote this story in terms of like, why do people pick like the worst possible people, you know, to be with? So in a way, him rejecting Helen, even though, minus her being alive was everything he wanted yeah. Yeah. you know in a relationship and he was able to do so much with a live person for once but as he became better she became worse yeah. she killed a, she killed a patient because she could she said mm-hmm. um, so like she was ramping up her depravity while he was lessening his which i thought was interesting juxtaposition. Yeah. so um i think that he became better because he uh, was just going to go back to like his old ways. And that just somehow made him better. I suppose. I don't know. Like I said, yeah. I could be over overthinking it, but that's what I kind of got out of it. Cause he was getting out of this bad relationship and maybe that was making him somewhat better, better person. I don't know. Or at least back to his normal self. And he said before he was never a murderer. So I kind of yeah. was glad that he didn't go through with that because that went against his character. He was always saying he was meek, mild. He wasn't very, you know, even though he was a security guard, he obviously (laughs) never wanted to (laughs) confront people 
So that was another bit where you're just shaking your head. You're like, this is the worst security guard of all time. Right, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. That's fine. Yeah, no, like you said, though, he he saved that girl. He started talking to people like the janitor and he started socializing in the bar and he gave good advice to the the man in the bar who's having trouble with his wife and yeah just you know, give that girl was, some flowers just give that girl like, some flowers yeah <laughs> he was just yeah like, and the fact that he was like commentating on how sick he was of himself like being this better person was just great i loved all that stuff but yeah i, yeah, agree. I just found it interesting that it went that way that he just became better as the book went on it was just weird when you know he's fucking dead girls like Right. And and that is probably the the better thing that's happening in the story compared <laughs> yeah. a lot of other things that happen in the story. Like that segues right into uh the wonderful Tamara R. Jericho, who was gang raped, uh, which I think is probably one of the more triggering little side stories in it. Yeah, Where, I thought uh, this was like its own little short story in the middle of the I book. Gra- exactly. Yeah, I just thought he was like, "Hey, let's let's like have one more person as messed up as being Helen, but let's have someone be totally into like brutally raped and uh, assaulted, <laughs> <laughs> and see what uh like what people think of this." And the fact that like she's like, when he says uh, she she can see into the narrator. And she mm. knows he's something's wrong. And he goes, There is something wrong with me. He goes, There's no light inside of me. There's no life. And yeah. uh, he said, like, that's, that's it. it. Yeah. And she's like, I want you to fuck me when I die. And I want <laughs> I want you to be rough. And so when he goes back, he and he can't hardly wait. The minute she dies, <laughs> as a and he goes down there and some of the things he does is he rips her nipple piercings off and crams them down her throat which i thought was pretty brutal and then when he's ready to you know come he steps his cock into a large gash in her thigh and comes in it and i love this final part of the chapter i don't look at her face because i'm afraid she'll be smiling up at me and that gives yeah. me chills every time and i love the way that chapter is so what did you think about that whole section uh, I really liked like that whole bit that you just mentioned there. Like, like what I like about that is again, he's thinking about he doesn't want to. Yeah, he knows this girl's going to enjoy him being rough with her afterwards. She's asked that, so again, he's kind of fulfilling her wish, and he doesn't want to see that smile. But also, he went above and beyond what he normally does. He doesn't right. normally fucking cut them open and like you know come in their thigh. Like that's just for her. Like right. that's not his normal thing. So exactly. again, he's you know, he's kind of gone with this girl's wishes. Like right. it's part of him again trying to do a better thing, albeit a horrible thing. But right. also it's like she asked him to be rough and go that extra mile and she was like, No, no, I'll enjoy it. Like I'll love it. Mm-hmm. And he he obviously fully believes that because he doesn't want to look at her face afterwards because right. he fully expects like a big Cheshire grin on her, like Exactly. Um, and I, I I love that you said that that was like a, a good thing he was doing because it kind of is in this in this crazy in this crazy universe we're reading this in. So yeah, in I his agree. mind, he's accidentally helped someone again. 
Like he doesn't want to be helping people. He wants to be invisible. He says throughout the book, he doesn't want to be remembered, but yet he's given this girl her final wish. Exactly. So within the spirit of what she wanted, you know, she would forever remember him for doing that for her. Like, yes. it's odd. It is odd, but uh, I, I agree with you 100%. It was like, look at him doing like stuff people want. He's trying to be accommodating. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Whatever the necrophilia version of a feeder is like exactly that's <laughs> funny but yeah that that's a standout and of course that segues into the big standout of the the story is when helen comes on to the narrator like they almost have sex he freaks out runs out to his car quickly jerks off <laughs> drives away <laughs> And uh, he thinks that Helen the next night is going to yell at him. She thinks I deserve for doing that to her, but she instead invites him to come watch her eat. Yeah. Which at first we're like, okay, this is going to be crazy, you know, the readers. But it goes a lot further than that, doesn't it, Stephen? Uh, yeah, it goes a lot, a lot more than just watching her eat. <laughs> um, I guess it's actually, the bit that got him cancelled, right? Like, correct. This is the big, the big centerpiece of. The depraved story although i think the ending is also pretty brutal as well with helen at the end but this one probably probably eclipses it pretty well um, yeah and of course we get helen eating explaining it and starting to moan with it and she becomes totally into it sexually you know touching herself and then slowly and babies yep it, it's part of the ritual the narrator thinks of it and Eventually, they have sex, which was a surprise, and yeah. he was way into it, surprisingly. It was of a surprise for him as well. Yeah. Was, yes, she was doped up on her Vicodin, her five pills, yeah. so she had the dead eyes going for her, <laughs> covered in uh, baby gore and blood. And, she was still a little warm for him, though. Yeah, but he, he, was, he was able to power through it, which I was proud <laughs> of. So that scene was pretty crazy, but it doesn't end there, does it? Yeah. <laughs> They uh, take a little power nap, and uh, Helen wakes him up, and uh, she wants him to have sex with uh, a dead baby. And this baby is the biggest dead baby he's ever seen. <laughs> he's reluctant at first. Yeah. I think he's. I think even he has a line that he doesn't want to cross. <laughs> although, although he said he had sex with dead bodies from ages, I believe I want to say nine to fifty. But I could be. It could have been seven. But I. I want to say it yeah, was very. Yeah, I heard it was seven. But yeah, either okay. way, it was. Yeah, either way, children. it was seven, nine. Yeah. It was still bad. But yeah. apparently, newborn dead infants. Bad. <laughs> yeah. That is until she slides the dead baby girl onto him, and yeah. it's probably the best sex he ever had. <laughs> and just the fact that it explains him like having sex with it, tearing it up, it's, it's coming apart in his hands, he's having to hold on to it as tight as possible to keep himself still inside of it, and it's just, that scene yeah. is a stunner. Yeah, it paints that quite scene, a picture where yeah. he's just talking about the baby's, like, arms falling apart while he's exactly. fucking this baby's corpse, and Helen's sitting on his face, and exactly, I forgot that part. Over time. <laughs> just the whole <laughs> mental picture of that scenario is just like like a view of the hell almost it's like yeah. 
I, I definitely so... should have put a warning at the start of this video. I forgot to do that. Too late now. Sorry. <laughs> hey guys, this is a day. This is a wild, <laughs> crazy story. We're, we're sorry, um, but you kind of got to explain this and people that really like. I can understand why people probably saw this as like freaked out. Yeah. I mean, if you don't know his other work. And if you think this was totally written in all seriousness, which I don't see how, but no, it happens yeah, every day. Yeah. I've seen yeah. tons of reviews of new people. Like if you go into like one of the Facebook horror groups, like one of the more mainstream ones and people stumble across it as they do and it, it infuriates them. But it's like, how did you miss all this? It's like, <laughs> how did you miss the irony, the the snark, the, the funny? It's like, it's crazy to me, but I mean, I can, I guess I get it, but I don't. I mean, yeah. probably because we're 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 two peas in a pod where we're like desensitized. To oh, I, yeah, I thought it was hilarious. It takes a lot. To, it takes a lot to shock me. Yeah, so, the same. Yeah, I'm very, very rare. I can be like stunned if I don't see something coming, but there's nothing really that I've ever read that I've been like, no, that's too much. Like, right. And yeah, I and thought even, the scene was hilarious. Like the idea right. of this. Like kind of is it a fetus? I can't remember if it's a fetus it, or it's, like, it's, it's like an in between, right? It's, it's I, mid it's midway. I don't know how to explain it. It's yeah, which is already explain. kind of bullshit, right? Like there's right. this big fetus. This like, perfectly he's sized all, giant. Yeah, he's already taking the piss. But then right. the fact that it's crumbling apart like some fucking overcooked turkey or something, while right, he's right, right. It, with her sitting on his face and he's which like, would never even happen. He's hitting euphoria and you're like this is so over the top amazing right. and when i read that you that's can't my, possibly that was take my it seriously. i was like i was like this is an amazing scene i never was just like oh this is so depraved i was like <laughs> this is crazy i love it this is what this is what i come to like these types of books for i think it's one of those things i mean he's gotten trouble with it anyway so maybe i'm wrong here but it's one of those scenes you gotta go all in right like you can't half-ass a scene like this no. It won't be no. effective and it'll just feel like you're trying to not get into trouble. Where exactly. if you're if you're writing a scene like this to begin with, then you're gonna get into trouble. So you might as well just fucking go for it. And I agree hundred percent. You could not do this story without going all in on that scene. That yeah. scene had to be something that'll make people question like what the hell is this? <laughs> author thinking i was like is this guy crazy if you got one that, guy who's fucking dead corpses and one girl that's eating dead babies dead scene writes itself right like it right. has to be done i mean <laughs> it was inevitable that that scene was gonna happen in it. i mean i had an inkling like somehow he's gonna he's gonna do something with a baby you know eventually yeah. so I, I yeah was... i wasn't expecting it to be on her terms i thought it would be a baby in the hospital so i wasn't I quite went expecting it how it yes. went but, I yeah, like you said, it's inevitable. Like. Yes, I agree with that. I thought he'd see a, a dead baby girl in there, and like he maybe would be hard up. There wasn't any other mm. dead girls for a while. For her to be that. like, oh, before I eat it, do you do you want to go? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. no, they they definitely uh, they definitely surprised me with how that scene went about its its evolution. I guess is a good word for it. So I was. Yeah really pleased with that scene yeah it's it's ones that lives rent free in my house in my <laughs> house in my mind i think about it quite quite a bit like oh that scene's so crazy it's like i want to <laughs> write something i want to write something that could eclipse something like that one day
that's, that's a that's tall order. Yeah. yeah, that's a tall order. <laughs> that is. Uh, yeah, one of the other kind of main points I wanted to point out, um, and uh, we mentioned this beforehand, was like the humor in the book. Um, are you a, an Arrested Development fan? Have you ever watched Arrested Development? No, uh, I I should have watched that, but no, I oh. haven't. So, well, the first the... three seasons are amazing, not fast afterwards, but they have this like repetitive joke things all the time. They have these lines that will just constantly appear throughout the whole season. They're always just fucking funny because mm-hmm. they just show up in the weirdest places. Like that's a freebie is one of the ones that it's not funny by itself, but right. When it shows up Context. time and time and time and time again, it just gets funnier every time. And that was one of the things I loved about this book. The whole, I need to check the monitors oh, was man. just amazing. And like the um what was the other ones like oh you eat dead babies or i fuck dead <laughs> girls like the amount exactly. of times that said just cracked me up like it becomes so matter of fact that i just love it i agree and i think uh that i have to check the monitors is a beautiful homage to patrick bateman's i have to return some videotapes because yeah. he would say that constantly when he wanted to get away from people when they would annoy yeah. him or he didn't want to be around him. And I know 100% that's where that came from. <laughs> so I, I tip my hat. That's a beautiful line. I I say that a lot in real life, which <laughs> nobody knows I'm saying. They're like, okay, no, this guy's weird. But this guy's like, weird. I'm getting yeah. away from <laughs> But yeah, so I don't care if they don't know what, I, what I'm thinking. <laughs> that's fine. And yeah. uh, speaking of like a funny quote, I mean, kind of, but I always liked what the narrator said, cannibalism really isn't my thing, but there's nothing wrong with getting a little kinky now and again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like that one. But yes, yeah. I like do to love, him, I... that's just being adventurous, you know, like, yeah, that's not normally what I do, but got to try right. everything once, right? Like... Exactly. But I do love the, I have to check the monitor's line. Yeah. That's, that's beautiful. Well, I think, um, I might be wrong here, but I'm pretty sure the very last time he goes to say it, she cuts him off, right? And he doesn't get to say it again after that? No, and he doesn't. Uh, she basically tells him, yeah, I know. And yeah. uh, she <laughs> she leaves that she leaves his like little, I don't know if you call it an office or wherever he, yeah. he lurks about when he's just hanging out, reading books or whatever he's doing, reading Bukowski and Will Self and all those uh, big brain authors that the narrator yeah. likes. So... <laughs> Yeah, no, def- I just, I loved the way he kept saying that. Like I said, it just reminded me of Arrested Development or the whole You Eat Dead Babies reminded me of, um, you seen Barry? Um, uh, see, you're getting me again. No, I haven't. Uh, Barry's, again, the first two seasons are great. But um, like one of the characters finds out that Barry's killed someone and got away with it. So he keeps saying like, but you killed someone and got away with it. And it just had that voice in my head every time. That's awesome. He's like, but you eat dead babies and I fuck dead girls. It was just yep. constantly. Yeah, there. I love that repetition. Although I do see uh, people do complain about that, but the oh, reuse really? of those lines. But oh, I think that that's the, one of the charms laugh. of the book. You know, yeah. he didn't say that as much. I, I would hate that. I love that yeah. he says that constantly. All that stuff. Yeah, well, it's an acknowledgement as well, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You got to say that at least 20 times. Yeah, like, you know, we can't be a normal couple. You eat dead babies and I fuck dead girls. I I have sex with dead girls. 
So this is not going to work out for us. <laughs> although, although, did you want them to work out, do you think? Um, yeah, no, I don't think I did. You don't think you did? It was just a doomed <laughs> relationship. Could you the imagine nasty, their kid? The nasty side of me just didn't want him to kind of, I don't know, just give in, I guess. Like obviously the relationship wouldn't be normal, but he had that big rant about normalcy. So the oh, only time yeah. in the whole book he gets irritated. He, he gets irate, that so sorry. Hard. Yeah, he like he you can hear him shouting that bit. So yeah. I don't want him to settle down and be any kind yeah. of family man, even if it's not a very good one, obviously. Like, you know, they no. want to raise their kid like a little fucked up child. But even that, I'm like, but you're still gonna be married with a kid and a job, like Right. That's not what you want, like exactly. So, that goes against everything he's into. Yeah, and, so I, I kind of didn't want him to be together just because I thought he would lose who he is, right? Right, and the fact that Helen was really adamant about like maybe trying to make her daughter into a serial killer. Do you recall that? <laughs> yeah. Like after she killed that person, she she was going to actively make her child not be normal, be like as yeah. abhorrent as they are so it's like she's, she was definitely going to be a bad mom yeah she's gone after that point yeah i think like, she, she kind of went totally insane yeah she something snapped there like because she says it quite kind of like giggly yeah like, oh, she's way know, into it like oh i didn't have to do it but you know like, i could have helped but i didn't like how and funny he, is that and he's yeah. just like well that's not good like i don't like right. murder he, like, he was shocked yeah he was not, she was like, well, I thought you'd be into that or whatever. And yeah. it's like, he He's was like, no, I'm a pacifist. <laughs> I don't right. kill people. <laughs> I'm against violence, sort I'm of. against violence, yeah. <laughs> violence towards the living. But. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that is a good part. But yeah, I sometimes thought about that because along the path of torment, I kind of wanted those two characters to be a thing. But in my head, I originally was like, I don't think I want Helen and the narrator to be a couple because they're so toxic. By the yeah. end, it's like she's off the rails, and like you said earlier, he turned kind of into like a like a, a better version of the best version of himself that we saw. Yeah, in real Until life, I want him to be a better version of himself. In the book, I like how fucked up he is, and I want him to stay that way. Right, and that segue is kind of like he is a good person all the way up to the very end. I think yeah. uh, the the final scene with uh, Helen pretty deplorable um he goes pretty off the off the the rails in terms of what he does to her body in terms of like desecrating it after you know she dies because she calls him i mean it'll get a little bit ahead of herself she calls the narrator yeah says hey the baby inside of me is dead dead inside and mm -hmm. um so he goes to her house um and she essentially wants him to have sex with her but he won't do it till she's dead but she cuts the baby out and she's dying um and so she eats the baby in front of him last their meal. baby yep last meal uh, it was good as always <laughs> tasty tasty treat um and then he he will have sex with her when she dies and he gets very um violent towards her corpse as he's having sex doesn't he yeah. He does some pretty horrific things. Hoots like a baboon. <laughs> like while he's ripping her intestines out. And... 
do you think the uh, overreaction do you think is because he didn't want her to die or just because he's been waiting for this for months at this point like i don't know i was i was curious what you thought about that because that's so against that's not like him i don't know if if chandler did that as another form of taking the piss out of like extreme writers um as like just he went all in like with destroying her body like the way he did like just or did he hate her at the end maybe and he wanted to do that because i don't know that part's always like stuck with me like kind of like an ambiguous thing because it's like is either it's like just fooling around with extreme gore for the end just to be gore or did it have any like did it mean something more or am i looking too much into this i don't know in in my head i I think like the first thing he says when he sees this girl is like she's amazing i wish she was dead yes i just think it's like i don't know like his version of fucking edging or something like he's wanted this for so long that he just gets way caught up in the moment like he calms down pretty quickly afterwards but yes i think he just lost himself for a moment yeah i could totally see that like where he just he was so wanting hella to be dead the whole time and he was yeah. so excited that yeah. he just he kind of went into like a, a frenzied state maybe a kid know? like unwrapping his christmas presents <laughs> right just like a kid at christmas just tearing the wrapping off and yeah left her like a <laughs> Just a gory, bloody husk of herself at the end. You it's know, either that, kinda... or it's kind of a if I can't have her now, no one can. Like that's right. it. I'm erasing her. Like, yeah, that makes sense too. And then, of course, he calms down, realizes what he did, goes a and cigarette. takes a shower, <laughs> takes a nice shower at her house, and goes back downstairs, and he has uh, kind of just pondered some things, and the two headlight beams. <laughs> blasted to the room he's at and uh the husband comes in who we we met him at the bar but we maybe didn't know maybe knew kind of like where chandler was leading that that's I, how i the, i didn't know like the minute I, I saw the headlights i knew but like i knew that she had to be living with someone like the house was too big too nice you know she's on an okay wage but this is above her station right so i kind of figured she had to be living with someone and yeah. it just didn't occur to me like there's only really one person it can be because there aren't that many characters but... right and it was funny like when uh another funny uh we're kind of going off into different tangents but uh when uh chandler wrote like one of the harder parts to write of the story it was like when the narrator was going through his sleep deprivation mm. and so like Ch- chandler actually purposely stayed awake for five days in a row to write <laughs> that kind of stuff and get that feeling of it so like when he was having that uh where he went to the bar, and that brings me to the bar. He goes to Nick's, and it's named after Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, the band. Oh, okay, cool. So that was a homage to a band. Yeah, seen them and, uh, When that businessman says his wife's car is a lemon, it's a good yeah. car, but it's a lemon. I knew yeah. that was her husband. I knew it. Like, yeah. and when he came home, like, honey, I've got some, I, I brought flowers. I'm, let's have sex or whatever. And yeah. then uh, the narrator drops that infamous final line of like, I hope you like sloppy seconds. Like, <laughs> I was like, no, I don't know what he's going to think. He's like, what is, I wonder what he'll think of a normal person. I'll think of this scene right here. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it ends as perfectly as it can, you know, 
you couldn't have did it better. Couldn't have went no, anywhere. No, the last line's fantastic. Like the game gives the sloppy seconds just works with her fucking eating babies as well. And yeah, yeah, it's just a perfect last line. Like, yeah, I can't I agree. say this is probably a bad thing to admit, but I can't say I've ever far in the rock. I've never really given too much thought to trying to write a killer last line. It's just kind of like the end of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like reading that, I was like, that's so fucking good. I need to pay more attention to my very last words. Cause oh yeah, I, I last, agree with like, that. I want a line that, like a stinger line like that. Yeah. Like, boom. They'll be like, yes, that's that's how you end the story. Yeah. You know, I agree. that That's probably one of the better ending lines I've ever read in a book. Like just yeah. perfectly encapsulates that, but yeah, that he's got a lot of good quotes in that. You know, just like things he says. Like one of my favorite quotes from something the narrator says is like, "Please don't confuse my misanthropy for misogyny." I think that's yeah. a great line because he hates <laughs> everyone equally, of course. Yeah. So yeah, there's just so much fun stuff in this. I love his awkward conversation with the. Uh... With the EMT and the janitor. Oh, like, man. This is why he doesn't socialize. <laughs> it's funny because the, the janitor's like, I like Boris Karloff. I like collecting <laughs> the figurines and posters and such. That don't yeah. hurt nobody. Drugs <laughs> <laughs> kill people. He's like, why the fuck would you care who dies if he lives? <laughs> Just a perfectly edgy thing to say. And he's like, how would you like to have a corn- massive coronary while jerking off the Frankenstein? <laughs> <laughs> I just love that line. Just, just how crazy yeah. he is. And he's like, Hel- fucking Helen literally has yeah. made me more corporeal in this world. <laughs> yeah. He's there now because of her. Yeah, people can fucking see me now. Can like, see they him, can talk know. to me. The right. EMT's coming into my office to update me on someone's health. Like, right. what the fuck? Like, yes, I love that. That uh, made him more uh, outgoing, I guess, or just. Mm. Just he more visible like, to the world. Yeah, he just wanted I'm to a not specter, be there. You know, yeah. those type of situation, but not by the end. He's known mm. by quite a few people at the end for his like weird comments. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I love that whole scene where he's like, just like, who cares if you use drugs? You know, yeah. he's she died. You know, the way she, they they should have died. Or he, I think it was about a guy, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Well, that goes back but, to the gang rape girl as well, right? Like, she died doing what she wanted to be doing. Like, exactly. as horrific as it is from everyone else, that was yeah. her thing, you know. She she loved it since she was seven, she said. <laughs> I remember. With, uh, with her uncle. Yeah, with her uncle, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that was All a All the bomb. warnings, this one. <laughs> yes. This is, a, this is one of those books where you, you need the warning, guys. So don't, don't, don't hate us too bad. <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot of wild stuff in here so let's see all right i think i think i touched a lot of the stuff i was gonna we just went in like different you know different sections at a time uh I'm trying to look and see um yeah let's see if there's anything else i think i'm done with my notes you I think, know if there's anything more there you wanna go over. I think I, I think I might be pretty much done. Uh, yeah, I think I went over most of the the points that I made on here. So, just can't can't speak highly enough about this book. Um, 
I think it, it definitely lived up to kind of yeah I like I'm someone who's always this comes from movies but I'm someone who always kind of judges is the wrong word but I always kind of um judge things on my own expectations like if I expect something to be utterly shit and it's all right I'm like that's pretty good like so if I expect something to be absolutely amazing and it's pretty decent I'm like oh I was a bit disappointed by that like yeah and this is one of those books that just heard too much about it I'd heard all this stuff all the time about how insane this book is and then reading it it was like yep this book's fucking insane like that's great like it did somehow love, live up to lofty expectations like, i love the fact that you just read it that's insane to me it's like but i'm, I'm glad that you did finally and like you're, <laughs> part, you're part of the crazy crew now uh, well i was going to read it at the start of the year but they had taken it off kindle for ages because that what some, happened oh yeah there was some issue with um is it Dead Eye or Death Heads? I can't remember who done this. I one. think it's. I think that was put out eventually by Death Heads Press, and I think. Yeah. Are they absorbed so, or something? Yeah, happened? something happened there. So all of the Splatter Westerns were taken down, and quite a lot of Chandler's work was. Uh, it was still available on paperback, but just not on Kindle. So I had to. And wait. now I think it's reversed. And now I think it's all it's now the other way now. Yeah, now it's the other way. So I kind of snuck in there when it did come out again. I was like, right, I'm going to read this. And then you mentioned it, and I was like, okay, I'm definitely going to read it then. And then because I read it, I was like, oh, I don't want to review it twice, and I'm going to talk to Otis about it. So I ended up reading Fire Gap like the next day. So mm. I had like Fire Gap for my channel because I was like, I need to talk about Age on the Monster because, you know, I've just been kind of reading them and enjoying them. So yeah, yeah I ended up getting through a couple of them quite quickly. But, yeah. But yeah, I definitely also... lived up to kind of like i said to the infamy of it and that's good yeah, to the nastiness because it, it is hard like yeah I'm not, well you know i'm not sensitive to anything so it's it kind of like hard to be kind of like when someone says oh it's the most brutal shocking thing ever yeah to me that's always hyperbole i'm just like yeah okay but it won't be it'll be great i'll enjoy it but it won't be like insanely brutal but yeah, no, this one definitely had a few moments where I was like, Jesus yeah. fucking Christ, like, is he going here? Like, yeah, I definitely think this book deserves the accolades in that, uh, in that, you know, way. I think, I think it, it blew me away. And I had like the biggest expectations for it, you know, I had heard so much yeah. about it. I was like, there is no way this book's going to do it. And it sure did. <laughs> I, I, I kind of, uh, put it up there with maybe, uh, Aaron, Aaron Beauregard's The, the Slob in terms mm -hmm. of like just you hear a lot about it like, is it really that crazy and that book is pretty damn crazy and yeah. i was really impressed with it so yeah. it's it's nice when you find stuff out there that equals or surpasses kind of like your expectations yeah i, I never feel, look I at that kind of, vacuum cleaner I, with the water ever again oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah brutal 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 yeah and i feel like this book is just gonna withstand the test of time like people are going to always constantly find it and either yeah. love it or hate it. You know, I feel like it's constantly going to be misjudged like its entire existence. I think but if you... That's the, good, that's the good thing about books, you know? Yeah. I think if you miss the point that it's that it's somewhat satire, that it's that he's going over the top on purpose. Right. And I if think you if you miss tell... that point, then I can see easily how you'd be offended by it. 
Especially right. the whole gang raped girl scene, who's like, "Oh yeah, I fucking love it. That's amazing. Yep. Like, <laughs> love being gang raped. Like hurt, hurt me, please. Yeah, please hurt me. Like yeah, anyone who's reading that seriously is obviously going to be like, "What the fuck? Like that's too much." Right. But anyone who takes a step back can be like, "That's not a thing. Like that's that's insane. That's funny." Exactly. Like, you know. I agree, but some you know people can be pretty sensitive in this day and age. But... Yeah. That helps I, I, more books. Like the more people that get crazy about it, then oh yeah, you know, outrage the it outrage is always a good thing. You know, yeah. uh, bad press is still good press, especially yeah, for uh, whole thing. Yeah. especially for extreme horror writers and splatter publishers. So <laughs> uh, we all we all want plenty of our books to get burnt up on TikTok or wherever. wherever exactly. Yeah, I want someone to go crazy over the rot and yeah. start calling me all kinds of things. I'd be like, yeah, yeah me too. Like, oh. Like, they're like, but Morticia is disgusting. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, thank you. That was, that yeah. was the point. Bring it. Tell me more. <laughs> she's, she's terrible, but I love her. Tell me more. Yeah. So <laughs> I agree. That's, That's funny. Um, so, yeah, I think it's definitely a book that people should give a go. Um, but it is one, obviously, that if you are easily offended or triggered by yes. anything, <laughs> really, I think he covers yes. quite a lot of the wardens. Maybe, maybe, maybe not, approach maybe, caution. Right? Yes, maybe not a, a newbie cracking an extreme for the first time. Maybe not, because uh, yeah, I'd be diving in. I mean, I I read that's a deep dive. Um, I read Depraved as my first Brian Smith yes. Depraved, and that felt like jumping straight in. But I was like, awesome! Yeah. I love this. Like, this is where I should be. So. Oh yeah, I feel like Survivor by JF Gonzalez would be a good starting point. Definitely I'm the Killing Kind by Brian that's... Smith. Killing Kind's amazing. I love that. Killing Survivor, I can't get hold of Survivor. It's not on Kindle anywhere in the paperback. So oh, it's not? Oh, too much. Yeah. I have I have the Dead Eye paperback of it, but you know, I haven't read yeah. I haven't read it in forever, but uh it it goes far, but I don't think it, you know, it's it's in the early Splatterpunk days. Yeah. Yeah. I feel so uh I feel like it's 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 intense, but like I think that's a good starting point. I hope that comes mm-hmm. back in stock then or a uh, print or whatever. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great starting. At some point. Yeah. yeah, I think you'd really like that uh, if you ever get a hold of it. I know the, I think the books are going for quite a bit of money now since people yeah, realize yeah. that it's out of print. It's kind of got a, a fan base now, people wanting it. But yeah, but yeah. like you said, um, Killing Kind was great. Have you read the other ones within that kind of mini universe? Um, I just purchased like from Brian Smith himself not too long ago, Killing Kind 2 and uh, Murder Squad, which he said yeah. is the unofficial third Killing Kind book. Yeah, I've read um, Killing Kind 2 is out of print, isn't it? He just had the like special thing. But yeah. I read uh, Reborn and Go Kill Crazy, and they all lead into Murder Squad. So yes. I'm kind of ready for Murder Squad now. That'll be the next one. <laughs> yeah, I think you'll enjoy that. That's really fun. And a fun little bit about me is like Roxy was like one of the mental influences for Morticia Maggot, you know, uh, one yeah, of I the main, yeah, uh, because yeah. I love that character so yeah. much. She's, She's up there with um, Kim White. Is like Kim White? Kim White was a, Kim yeah. White was a nod to Morticia as well. Um, yeah. yeah, as well as she's me. So yeah. a lot of like the humor I say in it, you know, my Fight Club references in it. Yeah. I say that all the time in real life as well. <laughs> you know, I'm Jack smirking revenge or, you know, I'm 
all those i do say those in real life so <laughs> but definitely i can't i can't give enough praise to like brian smith as well like mm-hmm. merciless is great that's a great violet movie or violet book um so yeah they definitely should check him out because he was definitely a, a big influence on me as well obviously Chandler morrison but yeah yeah Love, uh, Brian love Smith for me was like he was the first one I got into with the Depraved series and Killing Kind. Like yep. that was my starting point. So yeah, can't go wrong with any of those books. No, They're great, exactly. especially the, yeah. the first Depraved is such a, a fun ride. It's so great. Well, that was the book that I was kind of like, oh shit, we're allowed to do this. Okay, I bet yeah. we're writing. Like, you know, right? Because if you're like me, it's like movies sometimes they're not they don't go the way I want like no. they can't make movies the way we write our stories you know no, well that's why I've yeah that's why I stopped script writing I was like they're, they're not gonna make the right. films I've written like it's yeah you know I'm, I'm told all the time I'm a good writer but no one's gonna make this like I went too far right, exactly like, I could. but if I self-publish my own books I can go as far as I want like, exactly uh and it's like not everyone's gonna make movies like martyrs or you know yeah. something like like the, oh, the equivalent fucked up the french oh i love it mental. Love it. i, love I can't even believe someone had the someone had the bravery to put <laughs> that the celluloid that that movie is so damn crazy and yeah. the ambiguous ending is so brilliant it never made me mad you know like where <laughs> did she is there a god is there something yeah. after did she tell her that oh no i like stuff there? like that like one of my favorites is, it's not an extreme one one of my favorites is one called um Royalty with Bill Paxton. Great. And yes. uh, if, do you know it or? Love that movie. See it, see it yeah. countless times. Like the, the hand idea of God of, killer. Yeah, or like, God is hand he, killer. yeah. Is he or isn't he? Like, right. Is he a lunatic? Or... Yeah. Is he a but, lunatic but it, or yeah. is he doing God's work? Like it just that shit really gets to me. I like that stuff. I do. I do too like it as well. Cause you're like, well, mm-hmm. is, is he the good person or is yeah, he the bad like, person? Like, yeah. Is he really doing what God said, or is he just a crazy person? Anyone with that strong of convictions is a scary character. Like, oh yeah, I love it. Yep, such good stuff. But yeah, that's why we write what we do. Is just uh, movies. Movies can't do what we do. You know, that's yeah. that's why I love this community. It's like we, I think uh, the extreme horror writers like we get a bad rap sometimes, but I, I think we really have the best imaginations. I think we put our hearts into this stuff. Our covers are great. You know, we don't tend to shy away from making a bland <laughs> cover. Like everything, everything mainstream nowadays, it looks so bland and clean. It's like, I'm just impressed with like everyone out there, like in our community, like just doing well, such good stuff. The good thing as well about it is it's, yeah, it's not a massive community as far as like mainstream goes, but it's self-sustaining, right? Like you don't mm-hmm. ever feel like oh there's too many authors around like this no. extreme horror readers are kind of quite ferocious with their reading like they i was gonna say they're very voracious yeah. they they never get tired of it and i don't think i've ever seen any of our like the, you know we all have like similar fans i'm sure like the same people that are into us i've never once seen any of them bad an eye of you know sometimes they'll say like oh that was brutal or whatever but they keep coming back for more so it's like, <laughs> it makes yeah. me like keep wanting to yeah. keep topping myself and an like obligation try, there to three try and get to the top of the gore mountain and stuff like that <laughs> like, well, what do i gotta do to like blow some lines in this place so i'm yeah. always looking to do something like that down the road like what am i gonna put out something that's like gonna make people pause and be like uh otis what's wrong with you uh, you all right 
<laughs> Although I feel like sometimes maybe I'm just so desensitized. I had people like say what was wrong with me and Medusa's son, like on chapter 15. Like, oh, I haven't read that one yet. Oh man. One of the only ones that yours I haven't read. I haven't read that Better one. Look out. I've read chapter 15, I, I, I went like full bore and I'm surprised no one was like, are you sure you want to put that in this book? So. The one that caught me off guard recently was um, I finally read Unbortion and like chapter two of Unbortion is just, that was insane. Like, That's a good book. That is a really yeah. good book. Because I yeah. read Payback as a Witch first. So you were like, prepared. Oh, yeah, I was like, he's a good writer, but like that wasn't overly extreme. Mm. And then out of abortion, I'm like, where the fuck did that come from? Right. And that's when <laughs> abortion was my first my first delving with uh, Roland. So that was yeah. a it was a nice good surprise because I had no I had no expectations because I was like, all right, well you know, from the podcast, the the what is a uh, written and read podcast. I was Rain like, let me check yeah. them out. And yeah. I was like, whoa, this story's awesome. So yeah, it was a good treat. Yeah. I loved it. But no, uh, that second chapter where he just goes into the guy, <laughs> the homeless guy, just it's like Jesus fuck. Like that is yeah. mental. Like, yeah, it's good stuff. Like I said, we got we got people with some really brilliant personalities and brilliant like deranged minds. Yeah. That's all right. That's that's what I that's what I'm all about is like exactly. pushing boundaries and being and like I want this to be gross and crazy but fun a fun escape you know yeah. life's pretty horrific on its own but I think you know the people that like our stuff they get it that it's like you know it's depraved and nuts but it's it's well, it's, it's, it's the escape. yeah it's the escape now right like movies have become more real life which they shouldn't be cinema should be an escape. Exactly. So Everything, that's kind of why you go like, to these books now. Yeah, they're making movies about Tetris and uh, <laughs> not, not Jordans. Like, I don't care about learning about Nikes or it's like, yeah. I, I want to be entertained. I don't need all this. So it's like, it's I good. probably enjoy the Tetris one, but yeah, at the same time. <laughs> but I you get what I'm saying. More, yeah, you want something it seems like an insane fantasy. idea for a movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, but I I tended not to watch as much movies unless it's older stuff anyway. And I'm kind of really yeah. good just sticking with books and uh writing so it's like yeah and no, i'm uh, the same i've watched video five, some six, video games but yeah, yeah like, i've watched five six films this year normally by this point i would have watched about 100 like yeah but it's just nothing oh yeah there's nothing. My interest. yeah every time I'll i look just, at my to read list i'm like oh there's loads here what should i read next right exactly the minute the way i kind of watch now is like i'll put like something i've seen a million times on in the background like when i'm in my office writing mm. So that way, it's like the other night I was writing and House of Thousand Corpses was playing. I've seen that so many times, but because uh, I'm doing that, you know, that clown story, uh, yeah. and I'm kind of wanting to get a Rob Zombie sort of feel, like yeah. in terms of like get the into hate mindset. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So I definitely uh, have been doing that more, although my daughter did get me uh, some video games for my birthday um, Resident Evil 4, I got. Uh, Dead Space and uh, Callisto Protocol. Dead Space so. is so good. Oh yeah, I love the original one. So I'm excited yeah. to get into that. But it's like it's a, it's like uh, if I do that too much, I'm not writing, and then I feel bad about yeah. myself. So it's like I'm on this slippery slope where I gotta be careful what I do. Oh, I'm always like that. I get too addicted to video games. Like, yeah, I've just had to put Guardians Tale away. I was like, I can't play that anymore. And then I started playing like Pirate Outlaw, and it's so fucking good. I'm like. Well, my next book's going to be delayed. <laughs> exactly. 
And then I got and I got people like uh, Christina heckling me. Why are Why are putting out a book already? So <laughs> I got it. She'll she'll keep me on task. A lot of the readers will be like, "Hey, when's this yeah. coming out?" They're like, "Oh yeah, I'm supposed to be putting out stuff." Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. Let me get back <laughs> on that. Exactly. Uh, anyway, man, it's been absolutely awesome having you on the uh, the episode, especially for the I first agree. one as well. Like, I'm excited. Yeah, we uh, we did it the very first one in the can. So I know. I wish I didn't have this bit of a cold. I can hear myself sniffling into the mic. Well, that's all right. I got I got cats. Yeah, you in got here, cats so in the background. Yeah, yeah that's meows, a nicer that's... sound. <laughs> of course, of course, this cat don't want nothing. The cat doesn't want nothing to do with me until I'm doing something. No, it hasn't done a drive-by at any point. I was expecting it to walk across at some point at least. But... I was hoping that wouldn't happen, so I'm glad yeah, it did. It's done all right. Yeah, he uh, didn't want to. He didn't want to be a star of this, so he didn't show up. No, exactly. But yes, thank you very, very much for putting yourself forward for this and for the oh, yeah. uh, sixty-second short and for this whole conversation about Dead Inside. Like, it's been very yeah, good. I was, I was glad to do it, and I'm. Big fan of yours. I love what you're doing. Love your work. So, yeah, it was a, it was an honor to be out here with you. So I was, I was glad Thank that you. we did it. Yeah, that's very nice of you to say. Thank you. Yeah, no problem, my friend. Um, so yeah, just before I kind of sign off with this all, um, go check out Otis Bateman's work. Like I said, uh, my personal favorite actually is uh, I simply am not here. Uh, simply am not there. I think that one's amazing, but. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think start with Maggot Girl. I think that's uh, yes. that's the place to start. Yeah. And yeah, also, like we said, uh, after you've heard us talk about it all episode, go check out Dead Inside if you haven't already. Yeah. I'm sure most people I know have read it at this point, but there always seems to be new people coming along into the community. So at some point, yeah. you've got to reach Dead Inside, right? Dead Inside oh, yeah. and Womb are the two books. So at some point, everyone's got to have Oh, I agree 100%. Yeah, throw throw on the slab with that. Those three are probably mm. the most talked about extreme horror I could think of. But yeah, so maybe people the might one think I this, coming up the most. Like, they might have thought this was a little bit vanilla of a pick, but I, I don't. I think it's like it's one of my favorite things. So that's why I wanted you know to come come with this because it's a personal favorite. Yeah, and I think well, everyone yeah, everyone should point. read. It. That's the whole point in the show is to have people come on and talk about a book that they absolutely love. So. You know, yeah. Whether it's mainstream or whether it's something a bit kind of undergroundy, like you know, it all works, right? Exactly. That's right. Yeah. Excellent. So yeah, thank you very much for coming on. Uh it's been yep. an absolute pleasure talking to you. And I agree. Yeah, I will have another episode out hopefully quite soon. 